Good evening. Welcome to the show tonight. Uh, we have a good show planned for you. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight at the Renegade Podcast. I have my two partners in crime with me tonight, uh, Wes and Duke. Yeah, we always go to Wes. Let's go to Duke tonight. Duke, how you doing? Hey, man. I uh, wish I could say positive things, but it's just been a hellish week for me. I keep getting hurt all the time and ran a piece of broken glass into the bottom of my foot on Christmas, bled all over the damn place, and then uh, dumped it on my bike day before yesterday. And thanks to them not bothering to plow the streets around here, <clears throat> uh, screwed up my back really bad. So, yeah, I've been a hurting unit. That's not good at all, brother. Well, you got to take care of that. Yeah, uh, running running low on limbs to keep moving me around with here. I was going to say, aren't you guys like 30 below and you're out riding your bike? Yeah, it was. Well, no, actually, the temps haven't been that bad. We're here in the pineapple zone in Montana. That's where I'm at. And uh, it actually hit like around 30 today. It's supposed to be in the upper 30s again tomorrow. But we get a wide temperature variation between day and night. So it's going to be like five degrees tonight. Well, stay warm, brother. <laughs> stay indoors is the best way of saying now. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. What about you, brother? How you doing, Wes? No major complaints. I'm in- injury-free. I uh, kind of bummed out that uh, Carrie Fisher died, Princess Leia. I know. I know. I think that was kind of a... I was really uh, really surprised after she was revived and then, you know, on the plane, and then you hear a couple days later that she's gone and no longer here, so... Yeah, she, it wasn't like she was super old, doddering, you know, one foot in the grave and the other one on a banana peel. She's only 60 years old. Yeah, she's young, 60, 60 young, I would say. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, and, I, and Woody's the one that actually looked it up. Debbie Reynolds, her mother, uh, nothing like opening a show with a death. I know. we, we got to quit doing this. We've done this on the last time. <laughs> I know. Get we always start with a downer. and something bumming, bumming people out. <laughs> I know. We'll get the bad news out of the way first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but Debbie Reynolds died, her mom, and that's sad. You know, it's sad. I was telling Woody, no parent should have to bury their child. And Woody brought up a good point. I think Debbie Reynolds is, what, 84? 84, yeah. yeah. She's 84. And I know she was unconsolable when Carrie died. You know. I just heard today that she's actually in bad shape, too, and it might have something to do with Carrie dying. She died. Debbie Reynolds is dead. Oh, Debbie did? Yeah, it was. I mean, this was just within a few hours. Yeah. Uh, in fact, on the way of me coming over here to do the show, uh, I realized I was looking through some news, and, and sure enough, Debbie Reynolds is no longer with us. 84 years old. Yeah, she went into uh, cardiac arrest this morning about 1 a.m. and passed away. Uh, Debbie was unconsolable after Carrie died, which I can understand. It's her kid, and yeah. uh, it's really, really sad. You know, Cinnabon, the people at Cinnabon, this is so wrong. Uh, Cinnabon decided to use Carrie Fisher's death to hawk its cinnamon rolls. Oh my and God. they said, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. You always have the best buns in the galaxy. And there's like a picture of a cinnamon roll, and it was kind of tasteless. I mean, you know. That's tasteless on many, many levels. It's kind of sad she'll only be remembered really as, I guess, to the fans, Star Wars. But I think a lot of times with these actors and, you know, people in show business or any sort of celebrity, they're always remembered for something. And it's probably the one thing they don't want to be remembered by. I'm sure when I die, I always want to be remembered as like, hey, he was a good guy or... Hey, he was generous or, you know, something else besides like Carrie Fisher while she was Princess Leia. I guess that's how we'll always remember her because that's how we that's how we've known her as Princess Leia. But uh, it's sad. It's it's too bad that she's gone. Yeah, And it's too bad that uh, actually Cinnabon, I I think that's a bunch of crap, really. Uh, You know, they did it. They actually tweeted it and they said that and their defense behind that was. 
that Carrie Fisher would have laughed at it. She had a good sense of humor. She probably would have. And, and she, you know, and maybe maybe so. But you know what? Come on, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but we don't know now, you know. Yeah. So we don't know what she would. <laughs> she can't actually react to that at this point. So just from that basis alone, it probably wasn't a good move tactically. You know, on the I had uh, a couple other people post things about um, celebrities that had died recently. So I got curious and went and looked up a list of how many actual celebrities had actually passed this year. And it was 149 people. That's quite a few for one year. Yeah, that's crazy. I actually saw that, Duke, too. Uh, someone posted something on Facebook, and I was looking over it. I didn't see that many. Uh, I just, you know, there's a, I think there's probably 15 people that off the top of my head I can name. But I was actually really surprised on the amount of people. 2016, uh, it was a rough year, man. Yeah, and a lot of them you can understand because they're like actors from the 60s, and they're getting up there now, you know. Uh, the guy that played the Green Hornet died. Uh, the guy that was from uh, Man from Uncle uh, Vaughn, he died. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Mrs. Brady, she died. You know, well, they were actors in the 1960s, so they're getting to be old. But there's like a lot of musicians and other people, just especially like a lot of um, uh, character actors, most of whom really weren't that old that probed, which was kind of bizarre. And I don't have it right in front of me, but did you guys hear about uh, the guy that started the GoFundMe page to um, save Betty White? He wanted to make sure she she survives 2016. He was going to go protect her wherever she was at, and he started a GoFundMe page to uh, make sure 2016 didn't take Betty White away. <laughs> I didn't see that. Good to know, but I, didn't, I did not see that. How, how is he going to protect her? Like, physically protect her or like... I, I don't know. I guess he's keeping an eye out for the Grim Reaper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have know. the Reaper Defense Corps stationed around her house at every corner to keep the Grim Reaper from showing up. It's been a tough year, you guys. Yeah. It's been tough. Well, that's it for tonight, everyone. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thanks for joining. Yeah. No. Anyway, sad, sad to see people pass away. It's too bad. But like what he says, I'm going to hell anyway, so who the hell cares? <laughs> uh, or as Jim Parsons said, no one here gets out alive. Uh, did you guys realize that uh, scientists have successfully recreated a T-Rex embryo? Oh, did my guys, God. Have you, guys, have you guys checked this out at all? Yeah. No. I know, I th- I know Wes knows a little bit about it. I wrote all this mumbo-jumbo down, but I'm just going to tell you what it is. Uh, so what they did is they found a fossil. And of a T-Rex. And the T-Rex was actually pregnant at the time. So they took the embryo from a pregnant T-Rex fossil. And they were able to extract the DNA from this Tyrannosaurus Rex. And what they did is they crossed it with a chicken, chicken's DNA. What they're doing is actually growing a hybrid chicken T-Rex embryo. Should be no problems. Yeah, so far. It sounds like Jurassic Park gone bad, right? Yeah. I don't know. but uh, No, I can't see any downside to this. Continue on. Well, well, here's the kicker. And so they've already done it. I didn't realize it. You know what? Here, let me look at my notes. It was from uh, it was at North Carolina State, and, wow. they were, and they were able to produce the first dinosaur embryo with a DNA from a pregnant dinosaur and from a fossil that they created, with, and they create, crossed it with a chicken's DNA. The dinosaur embryo is currently growing. And the embryo that they have is 65 times larger than a chicken embryo. 
Isn't it amazing? So now, what are they going to do with it then? Do they actually have it in an egg or is it just an embryo? It's still growing in embryo state. Uh, they believe that it will survive. Well, the, the question is, is it, is it going to survive? Uh, they haven't really said either way, yes or no. But I'm to me, I'm. So they're not planning on implanting this in something. They're just going to like try and grow it in a tank or something. Yeah, that's what I got out of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, but you know where that goes. You grow it in a tank, and what's the next step if it works? You know, and yeah. You know, well, then you, we you put more DNA into the next one, make a bigger tank, and then we got Jurassic make, Park yeah. all over. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I don't think we need to be fooling with this stuff, guys. I I, I say that a lot about you know uh, life and. People and they've been doing this for years. I know they've they been have. doing this for a long time. I know they've been doing this you know, since like funny? the 40s. As they get or like before that, even Sasquatch hair or saliva or blood, and they're like, Yeah, I can't figure it out. Unknown primate, I don't know, guy, <laughs> or human contamination, I don't know. We can't quite figure it out, but we can okay. grow a dinosaur and a chicken egg. And like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. the, there's not no one sees something wrong with that. That'd be in a big, big omelet, wouldn't it? I don't know. That's where it belongs, yeah. You know, that's one upside to having uh, T-Rexes, I guess, because they're egg layers, and you could get really big size omelets. <laughs> that's what I was thinking, too. I don't know. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I thought I'd share with you guys, see what you thought. Uh, it's just horrifying. What the hell? Yeah. You know, this once again goes to two things. First of all, Jurassic Park's a cautionary tale. <laughs> Duh. And, uh, you know, that shouldn't need to be said. And the second thing is that, once again, science proves that their intelligence is way higher than their wisdom score. Just because they can do something doesn't mean they should. I agree. I agree 100%. You know what? Don't mess with it. If it ain't broke, let's not, let's not mess around with life. That's, uh, yeah. that's, some, that's for somebody else to do, not us. Yeah. Yeah. Use the same guys that will tell you that we didn't coexist at the same time that T-Rex was here. So why do they think it's going to work now? Yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Wes is like, uh, what he's looking at me like I'm looking for an answer. I'm like, uh, 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 uh quack, quack. It's, it's a good question. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, what are, you know, really, what's the plan with these things? Oh, we're going to make a Jurassic Park on some island somewhere and they'll never get off. Uh, uh, no, we'll just use them for guarding military bases. They'll never get away from there either. Uh, I'm not seeing an upside, to be honest with you. I see we put them on the border of Mexico. Wall, wall problem solved. <laughs> on the wall. Yeah, who yeah. needs a wall then? Just put one of the, put them on uh, chains. A little bit out of reach of each other. <laughs> yeah. I run this chicken. Yeah, you're welcome, America. Yeah, America. <laughs> Make two walls and just put them in the middle. America, America. The uh, did you guys hear the uh, passport? I got a funny story for you guys. So, passport photo checking service tells Asian man to open his eyes. Uh, they basically denied his uh, his photo on his passport, and the reason why is they said that his eyes were closed. And Richard Lee said, my eyes aren't closed. I'm Asian. This isn't like a racist joke. This really happened. <laughs> if anyone's wondering. <laughs> I know everyone's in the room looking at me like I'm a racist I, I, I pile was, of garbage. I was wondering how, was wondering how you're going to play this one off. And, but uh, no, he's, uh, he's tw- 22 years old. He's an engineer. Uh, and they told him that his the photo, it's not going to work. His passport's not going to work. They're he, like, open your eyes, guy. Yeah, open, open your, your eyes. eyes. Oh, my God. He's like, they're open. They're like, no. They're not open. <laughs> Talk about assholes. Yeah, this is where it gets weird. And what's funny is if you look at the picture, I guess it's not funny, but if you look at the picture, oh, the it's guy, funny. The guy has his eyes open. <laughs> I don't understand how they how they wouldn't allow him to use his passport. His eyes are open. 
I don't know. Sounds like I smell a lawsuit. There is what I smell. Oh yeah, are you kidding me? I smell a huge lawsuit. And if I was that, if I was that Asian guy, I'd probably run with it. I'd 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 oh hell yeah, no holds barred, man. Yeah, I, I would have the ass for sure. Yeah, no, I wouldn't blame him a bit for going after him for that. That's just ridiculous. Seriously, come on. So going back to uh, pictures uh, and driver's license and passports, pagan priest wins battle to wear goat horns on driver's license. <laughs> And if you saw a picture of this guy, he's all wild-eyed and he's got his horns on. And uh, it's uh, his last name is Moonsong, if that tells you anything. So Mr. Moonsong said he always wears his goat horns unless he's sleeping or bathing. I wonder if this guy wears these while he's having sex. Probably. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Sure. Uh, well, I wouldn't wear goat horns. Got to have your horn on, man. <laughs> he's got a special pair with built-in French ticklers on him. Yeah. He claims they serve as a spiritual antenna and help him educate others about paganism. What the hell is going on in the world, man? I don't know. At what point? That's messed up, dude. You know what I mean? That's so messed up. Uh, he applied for a driver's license. They told him he couldn't wear his goat horns. And he tried to talk to the uh, Department of Motor Vehicles. You know how receptive those employees are. They're really, oh. they're really willing to help you when you go in there. And anyway, so he goes in there and... The ACLU refused to take the case, which shocked me because they take everything. Yeah. Uh, he seemed like they'd be all over this. But anyway, he finally, he explained it to the DMV. He explained it was because of a religious, religious reasons. And so they allowed him to wear his goat horns while he got his uh, driver's license. And there's a picture of it online. He's wearing his goat horns and everything. He said it doesn't obstruct his face, doesn't obstruct his eyes, doesn't obstruct anything. Uh, he's just got these big fat goat horns on. And you know it's funny. Don't people have bigger things going on in their life than this? I'd be like, is this really? This is what you have going on in your life? You're upset about you're not being able to wear your goat horns to on your driver's license. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. that's the first thing I put my contacts in in the morning, and then it's goat horns. <laughs> and goat horns. Yeah, and then I put my socks on after that, and from there you can pretty much get a picture of what I how it works for me in the morning. What a douchebag! Yeah. Like oh, God help this guy if he ever gets lost in a blizzard up in the New England state. Somebody will shoot him thinking he's a Wendigo. <laughs> I actually think I saw this, uh, the news story you're talking about. It was pretty funny. The guy was actually, it was a full, it was like a full head thing, right? With corn, wait, he's white mask with a. No, no, he's just got two goat horns sticking out. Uh, they don't even look like goat horns. They're just like horns sticking out from his head. And he wanted to, uh, he's a pagan priest. I wonder if he's allowed to marry people. With horns or without <laughs> Oh, I'm sure he'd need width. I'm sure it would be with Spiritual antenna. Give me a break. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, you guys know we were, uh, last week we were kind of talking about the... Uh, you know, the, no wonder why the people at the DMV are such assholes. They got to deal with people like this. With goat horns. With goat horns. Sorry. I'm yeah. Yeah, goat. no, I'd be pissed too. I mean, they actually make me take my sunglasses off. And I'm like, no, I wear my sunglasses all the time. So I want the police off. officer to be able to recognize me. <laughs> me. I mean, they're going to have to see me with the same shades, right? So we're in black shades. All I time. take back everything I said about the DMV employees. Yeah. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> yeah, just having to put up with us would probably be enough, not to mention Goathorn guy. Hey, you know, we were talking about a little bit about this, Duke, and we kind of left you out on this conversation because Wes and I were talking earlier. But we were talking about, remember last week when we were talking about, or the last show, I should say, we were talking about the magnet, the the pulse that was coming from the uh, from the star, and it was gonna remember that whole yeah time? destroy the world. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. And it was between the twenty fifth and the twenty seventh. Twenty fifth and twenty seventh. Yep. Based on our last story, 
I don't know, dude. Can you kind of can you kind of get give the audience kind of a refresher what we're talking about? Because you're probably more you're smarter than I am, so it would be better if you if you explain it a little bit about the uh, the pulse from the. Uh, yeah, there was supposed to be a pulse of uh, radioactive particles that was thrown at us from uh, Magnetar, a uh, long distance away, and it had taken years to get here. And they were figuring that it was going to be penetrating our heliosphere uh, and then to the Earth's magnetosphere between the 25th and the 27th. Didn't know what to predict as far as what the effects would be, uh, whether it would have any kind of effects on radio, computers, whatever. They were just sort of keeping us in the dark because I think they didn't really know either. Between the twenty fifth and twenty seventh, we were having a we were having this thing Duke is talking about, and we actually had earthquakes, and one of them was earthquakes, uh, tsunamis that would come uh, with this. And come to find out, I think this was on the twenty seventh. This is actually on the twenty fifth. I'm sorry, it's on Christmas. Chile uh, with a seven point six. Yeah, seven point well seven point seven seven point six. Uh, yep. Yeah, Porto. Chile, I can't pronounce it, but Chile. It was in Chile. Yeah, I was talking to Wes about it, and you had some more info on that too. Yeah, there was one in Nevada. I think it was a six point something, and also one off the coast of Japan. It was a pretty large one too. So there was earthquakes. Who knows if it was a coincidence? Well, it's interesting that they they had that prediction of it's supposed to hit here between these specific dates. We don't know what it's going to do, and that was one of the things they said potentially could happen. It could cause cause enough stress on the Earth to actually. Uh, get some of the looser spots to slip and cause some pretty good-sized earthquakes. And it's kind of coincidental that you had three of them within the time period that they said it could happen. It's almost scary that it actually played out the way they said it was going to play out. We did have earthquakes. Uh, I don't know about tsunami. I didn't hear about that. But anyways. Well, I'm glad it didn't have any real big effects on the broadcasting system or the electronics or anything. But um, you still got to wonder how much background radiation actually hit the planet and did we get any of it? Um, what's it going to do to us? Yeah, that's a good question. And you know what? I think, guys, uh, let's take a break, and we'll continue this conversation after the break. Welcome back to the Renegade Podcast. Uh, we are just uh, leaving off talking about the earthquakes and the uh, magnetic pulse from the star. Very interesting, guys. I don't know. You know, is it coincidence? I'm not so sure. Uh, they actually said it was going to happen, and earthquakes did happen. So, and not just little teeny uh, tremors, but actually good size earthquakes. Yeah, seven point six, seven point seven—that's a big earthquake, man. People die. Yeah. In that, people die in that stuff. Yeah, if you're in an old building or something, you could be in danger of having it fall on your splat. Could be a problem. Uh, at least it didn't unleash any um, ring of fire type tsunamis on anything, which is really, really a good thing. Well, since we're kind of on the subject, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this at you guys. Uh, I found this very interesting. Uh, we have a, a new Earth-like planet has been found. Did you guys hear this story? No. Where's this one at? It's mm-hmm. not in our solar system, hopefully, right? Yeah, well, it sounds like it kind of is. It's, it's called Proxima b, and it orbits the sun's nearest star neighbor, which is Proxima Centauri. I'm not, I'm not that's, a, still, that's a few light years away, though. That's a ways four. away. Okay. It's four light years away. But the really exciting part is about the planet is it actually uh, they say that it actually contains liquid water, which is essential for you know humans living anything living any, anything living. But and it's actually four light years away, which would equivalent twenty four trillion miles. That's a long ways away, and there's no evidence of life right now uh, yet. They say and they put you at yet in quotes. So I thought it was kind of interesting. I don't know. It seems like we're 
it seems almost kind of seems like, and I'm not an astronomer or anything like that, but it seems like things are currently changing. I don't know. You know that they found over two thousand planets outside of our solar system now. The more they're looking for them, they're finding them all over the damn place. They used to think that planets are rare. Now they think they're everywhere. Well, I think that has to do with technology. You know, I mean, that, that shows where oh, absolutely that shows you where technology has gone. But uh, I thought it was interesting. Hey, there's another place out there that's you know way bigger than Earth, can support life, has liquid water. You wonder how they, you wonder how they figured out it had liquid water. It's four trillion. It's four light years away. And well, you look at, at the telescopes we have, man. They're satellites. Look at the Hubble telescope. It was launched years ago, years ago, yeah. and so it's way out there in the solar system. Uh, I, you know, and it takes a long time for that information to come back to you. I was just making a, a point. I wasn't looking for, you know, all of a sudden I get a, a challenge from the peanut gallery. I wasn't looking for a challenge from the peanut gallery. <laughs> oh, I was just a, making a point. I'll let you know when you have a challenge. That wasn't a challenge. <laughs> that was a statement, not a challenge. Hey, Mister, where's your scale? Where's your freaking scale? I thought we were going to do the scale contest today. Yeah, I'd like what's to. the exu- what's the excuse today, Wes? <laughs> really? Is that how we're doing this now? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not after the first of the year yet. We can still put it out for one more show. I need to go buy scales. I heard nine volt battery today. That was my bad. Yeah. I didn't buy nine volt battery. Well, that's all right, prosecutor. I understand. Yeah, I uh, you know I, I don't have a scale. I need to go buy a scale. I'm gonna have to buy one anyway. Huh. You really need I'm to, have to buy. buy a- you really have to have one. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want your shady. I already know you'll end up trying to calibrate it to when you get on it. When I got, I'll on calibrate it, it twenty pounds heavier. Yeah, it'll be some. I'll be like, good to go. I put a twenty pound weight on it, calibrate it, send it to you. Yeah, <laughs> you're like three twelve, dude. It. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the problem. I'm like three hundred and seventy five pounds. I'm like, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> I, I was just like, what is this thing from uh, Jupiter or something? I don't think I weigh that on Earth. Yeah. Do you guys hear about the uh, six year old that used uh, his mom's phone? To buy presents on Amazon. Oh God! So while his mom was, sli- or while her mom was sleeping, this six-year-old goes in, grabs her thumbprint, and uses it to unlock the phone, and then goes in there and orders two hundred and fifty dollars worth of Pokemon toys. Oh, the whole God. time while her mom slept, and the parents thought that their um, account had been hacked, and <laughs> two hundred and fifty bucks on Amazon. Sweet Jesus, man! Uh, it's Bethany Howell napped on her couch last week while her daughter, uh, Ashland, six-year-old, used a mom's thumbprint to unlock the phone and open the Amazon app. $250 later, she had shopped for all her Christmas presents on Amazon, mainly Pokemon items is what the kid bought. And Ashland's mother indicated that the child was really proud of herself. So who needs Santa when you got uh, a sleeping mom and a cell phone? And you got a thumbprint. Problem fixed. <laughs> Creative children hack mom's phone. Yeah. <laughs> I could totally see my son doing something like that. Yeah, I can't do. I picture more of a female doing it, though. That seems like more of a female type thing to do than a male. I'm not going to touch that. Yeah, sometimes things don't work out the way they expect them to. A good example of that would be when I was uh, young, they finally turned out child protective caps on pill bottles so that kids couldn't open the pill bottles and get into them and accidentally eat the wrong medicine and kill themselves or whatever. Well, as it turned out, my mom had pain meds that were coming in these new bottles, and she had arthritis and couldn't open them. So she gives the pill bottle to my little brother, who's eight years old, promptly stamps on it, breaks it open, and hands her the pills. <laughs> Genius. 
throw a rock on it, break the sucker open, right? Yeah, great. Now you made put it in dad's vice and squeeze it until it breaks. But the kids can still get out. That would be me. I'd do that. Yeah. I'd put it in dad's vice and crushed it. Yeah. Two for you, one for the patient. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how it would go. I got a question for both of you guys. Kind of a serious note, but not a serious note. How many countries do you guys think we are currently bombing? And I was surprised by actually by the answer. And it's not a trick. It's not a trick question. I'll, I'll tell you what I what I said to start with, and I was way off. Uh, I said three, but I'm a dumbass. What do you think? Yeah, Dick? I said at least six, but that's probably low. I said four, but I think there's probably ten we don't know about. But I would yeah. say officially probably four. You guys did better than I did. The answer is actually seven. There's seven countries. Ooh, so close. <laughs> well, it's better than me. I said three. Wes said four. You said how many, Duke? Six. Six. If you add them all up, that's seven. <laughs> <laughs> Do the math. Do the math. No, it's I, actually, I'm sorry. It's a failing in my intelligence wing. They haven't been giving me proper intel, so I don't know about the seventh conflict. Yeah, well, it's actually seven. Uh, and let's roll the clip, Wes. And it's better than me explaining it because I can't do it. Yeah, we'll be here it, all night. Yeah, we'll be here all night and then some. So uh, here's the seven countries we're in and, and where we're at. In most countries, the citizens know who they're at war with. But here in the United States, it's sometimes a little difficult to keep track of who we're bombing at any given moment. Do you know how many countries the U.S. is currently bombing? I have no idea. (laughs) No. Uh, A few. Forty in between fifty. I think one or two. I don't know. My favorite color is purple. (laughs) In fact, we're currently bombing seven different countries. Now, let's start with the easy one. If you've been watching the presidential debates, you know that ISIS is a major concern to our candidates. ISIS. 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 You brag that you have sexually assaulted women. ISIS. ISIS is located in Iraq and Syria, so we're dropping bombs on both those countries. Syria is a real humanitarian catastrophe where literally half of the country's 22 million people have been either killed or displaced. The Syrian war is a complicated clusterfuck with at least four different factions fighting each other. Our goals there are to knock out ISIS, but also to knock out the Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad, but they're fighting each other, so sometimes it's a little difficult to know who's bombing whom. The fact that we're bombing Iraq should come as no surprise. As The Onion points out, we've been bombing them off and on for about 25 years now. The other country that shouldn't come as too much of a surprise is Afghanistan. We invaded them way back in 2001 in response to the 9-11 attacks. We've been fighting there for 15 years now, and there's no end in sight. It is officially the longest war in American history. And as part of our war in Afghanistan, we're also bombing Pakistan. That's because sometimes the Taliban and Al-Qaeda hide out in the northern part of that country along the Afghan border. Now is where things start to get a little bit more complicated. We're also bombing a country called Yemen. Now, the war in Yemen is incredibly complex, but basically, we're conducting our own drone strikes there to target Al-Qaeda camps, but we're also supporting Saudi Arabia's larger attack on a group of rebels known as the Houthis. To be clear, the situation in Yemen is also a massive humanitarian disaster. According to the UN, 80% of the Yemeni population is in desperate need of humanitarian aid to meet even its most basic needs. There is evidence that the Saudis are deliberately targeting civilians. According to The Guardian, more than one-third of all Saudi-led air raids on Yemen have hit civilian sites, such as school buildings, hospitals, markets, mosques, and economic infrastructure. 
Just the other day, there was a US-backed Saudi-led airstrike on a funeral that killed 140 people and wounded another 525. According to the Associated Press, in the aftermath of the strike, hundreds of body parts were found strewn in and outside the hall. Rescuers collected them in sacks. The attack turned the funeral into a lake of blood. Another country we're bombing is Libya. Now you may remember we bombed them way back in 2011 to get rid of their dictator Muammar Gaddafi. But after we got rid of Gaddafi, the country descended into chaos and ISIS was able to move in. So now we're bombing them because we don't like the replacement for the guy that we didn't like. And finally, the seventh country we're currently bombing is Somalia. Back in March, an American drone killed 150 people there. Now, immediately the Obama administration put out a statement that claimed that every one of those 150 people was a dangerous terrorist from Al-Shabaab, a group that has carried out several attacks within Somalia. No one has independently verified that all 150 people killed were in fact terrorists. The only evidence we do have is from that one statement from the government that killed them. And that brings up another important point. Who exactly does the US government consider an enemy combatant in the endless global war on terror? The New York Times reports that the Obama administration considers all military-age males in a strike zone as combatants, unless there is explicit intelligence posthumously proving them innocent. Well, that's convenient. Any dude standing near a place where we decide to bomb is an enemy of the United States. If you really think about it, they're not wrong. So just to recap, since we launched the war on terror after September 11, 2001, we've spent $4 trillion and 1.3 million people have been killed in our combat zones all around the world. So Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Yemen, Libya, and Somalia are the seven countries we are currently dropping bombs on. Oh, and uh, just as a reminder, the number of wars currently authorized by our Congress, zero. So the answer is actually seven, and it's better for that guy to explain it than me because uh, I would get more confused. I confused myself trying to figure it out, but answer seven is more than I thought. And uh, what do you guys think? Were you guys surprised by that number? I was. I bet there's a lot more than seven, though. I bet seven's on the record. There's probably another seven we don't know about. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. What about the UN stuff? Or Dick, what do you? What did you? Before we, I'm sorry, ADD is kicking in. Uh, Dick, what was your, your? You said six. What do you? What yeah, my guess was six. Like I said, I probably I probably wouldn't have guessed Yemen. But, you know, that's like, how many are we bombing? That's not the question of how many are we militarily active doing things in, which would be a way bigger number. Yeah, and, and that, I think that's probably the probably the most correct answer, really. And Wes kind of touched on that, too. He says there's the, the, the seven is the amount that we know of, and there's probably ten more yep. that we don't know about. So you guys both had the same idea, so I flunked this test. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're conspiracy guys. We just trust them less than everybody else, so we we exaggerate the number in in that direction. You guys want to touch on that UN stuff with the Obama and the UN stuff, or you you guys want to bounce? You not want to touch that? Well, I'd like to uh, get you guys' take on it. I was kind of interested in the whole thing and uh, how exactly that all came about. I kind of missed part of it. Are you talking about with Israel? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's bad blood between. Uh, the Prime Minister of Israel and Obama, if you have my honest opinion. I don't think it really has anything to do with Israel or us. I think it's just bad blood between these two guys. And that was Obama's way of just saying, go after yourself before he leaves office. Yeah. Well, and BB's apparent reply to him to go after himself was that he's not even going to talk to him. He's going to wait until Trump gets in. I don't blame him. I probably would do the same thing. <laughs> I mean, really. Maybe he's just mad at like him. like setting a guy up for failure, you know what I mean? I mean, Obama, I don't know, man. 
Obama shady. Yeah, he's very shady. He wants to be the only current world leader with a really goofy name, so he doesn't like BB being another leader. It's going to be hard to back out of this UN sanction, though. Out of this resolution, not sanction, resolution. It's going to be really hard for Trump to to backpedal out of this. What do you mean by that? Well, it's passed. It's already done. Trump just can't go in there and say, sorry, UN. I disagree with the last president. We're not doing this. He can't really do that with the UN. Israel didn't sign on to it, and anything that the UN does is not binding on us until Congress okays it, so they can all fuck off. Well, it is binding for Israel, because if they don't follow it now, there's sanctions the the UN could put against Israel for not following along with this new bullshit policy. Yeah. And so they can, I mean, there is consequences if they don't follow it. Well, they've been trying to push Israel to do this for, you know... Oh, for years now. The only reason it's happening now is because Obama knows that he's about to be out of office, so he's pushing for it as hard as he can. He's anti-Israel, always has been. No surprise there. So he's trying to get this under the wire at the last minute and get the UN on his side before Trump can get in there and un- undo everything. Yeah, I mean, and, and for the audience, do you want to give the dumbed-down version of, of the whole thing, Duke? As far as the UN the political maneuvering that's going on, or no, the UN resolution. I mean, I can go over it if you want, but yeah, go ahead. I mean, if you got it right in front of you, I don't have it written down. Well, I don't have it right in front of me, and I'll have to look it up a little bit. But my understanding is basically it, for the very dumbed down version of what just happened, it would be like it would be like the UN going to the United States and going uh, Texas and California. Or actually, uh, they're open territories. They're not. You, they're not United States controlled. So Mexican yeah. Mexicans can move into those places, and, and you can't build there anymore. Yeah, and you can't build there anymore. And then if you don't allow them to move in, there'll be sanctions against you. Uh, yeah. and that's basically what they did to Israel. You know, Israel's not that big. I think Israel's like about the size of what Washington D.C. Yeah, it's tiny, and it's surrounded by all these gigantic Muslim countries that hate and want to destroy them. Yeah, and so basically hurt Israel by the U.S. saying, hey, listen, we're going to, uh, you know, the Palestinians, which the Palestinians, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail on this. They're just short of terrorists, in my opinion. I agree. They got Hamas, they got, and they've been terrorizing Israel for the longest time. And now opening the West Bank and saying, hey, all this territory now is open to Palestinians, it, it's just bad for business, I think. It, so it, it's, it's kind of a mess. He can't I guess just, what I'm worried about, what is the outcome that's going to happen because of this? I mean, that's probably the, the main question that the dumbed-down version of people that want to hear is. It weakens Israel. Israel, uh, it'd be like, you know, let's say uh, Mexico was just as powerful as the United States. I'm not saying Palestine is is as powerful right. as Israel, but you know more comparable than the United States, and Mexico, and the UN saying, "Hey, listen, United States, Texas and California are actually open territories. You guys have no right to be uh, claiming that as your own land or building that." And so the Mexicans can come in. So there's some discre- really- so there's some discrepancy on Israel's border. I guess this first. Yeah, they've been building on the West Bank forever, and so they have all these territories. They've been all these. Um, I don't have it right in front of me. I'm no, I know, I know. I put I put you on the spot, and I apologize. But they've been building. Way. You're doing you're doing great, yeah. You're doing great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, but they've been building uh, out into this 
area that they've claimed the west bank mm-hmm. i believe it's they west said bank. it's ours it's ours it's, it's ours. ours yeah and now it's yeah. open to everybody yeah. so and everybody it, can it go it would get. be the same thing that we'd do if the u.n stepped in and said well texas isn't yours you can't build that there anymore we'd go and we'd keep building and the united states actually or, or obama actually have the uh ability to stop this and say okay we yeah. don't agree with this but yeah he went and the he opposite direction and said well whatever he didn't stop More or it. less. That's and he happened. could have stopped it. He that's didn't the, stop it. That's the no. And then they got John Kerry on today. He's given the um, – you know when someone really Fs up and they give like an hour-long speech and how great this is going to be? That's like a, a salesman just a bunch in. of babble. Yeah. yeah. That's what John Kerry did today. He was like telling everyone – trying to explain to everyone how great this is going to be. And it's not great. It's not great for Israel. It's not – it's upsetting and it's um, – I didn't mean to put you guys on the spot. It's either. BS, really. It really is BS because – the United States, for the longest time, we backed them on that. We've backed them on building in these areas, and yeah. they've been our ally. And it yeah. was like a stab in the back. We're like, oh, sorry, we're not getting involved in this. Yeah, and Peace out. Peace out. You guys deal with it. Who knows what's going to come of it? But Trump just can't go in and say, sorry, we need to go back and do a recount on this. It's done. Yeah. It's already done at this point. So, well, no, but his, what he his, can do is he can, you know, I'm <clears throat> not saying he's going to do this. But what he can do is quit giving U.S. money to the U.N., pull out of it completely, and throw them off our soil and let them set up their own country somewhere else. Never happen. We don't have to actually have the U.N. on U.S. soil. We don't have to give them the majority of their money. We don't have to give them any fucking money. It's a globalist organization. It's all about dissolving the borders and making the whole world one place with one law. Well, fuck that, and fuck you for thinking of it. Tell, your, tell us how you really feel, Duke. Yeah, how you really feel. No, I don't want to get angry. No, <laughs> I don't want to get angry. No, you're right, and Thank I agree God. with what you said. But it, it's not going anywhere. Trump's not gonna. The, the globalist elite. You know this, Duke, because you're a conspiracy nut. Uh, it'll never happen. He'll never get rid of it, and it should I've happen. I've been watching his cabinet picks, though. A lot of which are generals, and all of which are anti-globalist, and quite a few of which are filthy rich. They're on his side, and they do have the power to do something about it. I think like 28% of the U.N.'s budget comes from the United States. It is. Yeah, exactly. And there's 20. how many countries in there? Why are we paying a quarter of it? It used to be almost three quarters about two, 20 years ago. Well, uh, that's the thing. Obama could have fucking just, sorry, hmm. said F word. But that's all he would have had to do. Is just he could have shut it down right away. Well, we're just not going to pay you guys anymore. Right. Oh, okay, no more money. Well, that's a big dent in there. It's a big dent, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why we had power over it. That's why we could have yeah. said, no, Israel's not giving up this this resolution isn't going to pass. Yeah. It ain't going to happen. But we stepped aside and let it happen. So um, essentially, he's trying to do the same thing to Israel. Obama's true color is coming out. A lot of um, Muslims right in close to him, where they can cause trouble. Now, Israel hasn't had much in the way of terrorist attacks recently because they've been able to separate the two countries. They got a wall between them and Palestine. There isn't any crazy shooting and bombing going on. How long has it been since you heard about a terrorist attack in Israel? It's been a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, it's hard to tell with Israel, though, because they get uh, rockets and mortars all the time coming over across there. Uh, not so- anymore, though. No, nope, that's not coming in from Palestine either. They've choked off their supply. As much as Palestine might like to attack Israel at this point, they can't do a damn thing. And for a long time, they haven't been able to do anything. Hey, guys, on that note, let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll be back in a few minutes. Thanks for joining the Renegade Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, uh, to the show tonight. Thanks for joining us, and, and Happy New Year's. We kind of didn't say that in the first part of the show, but I want to say Happy New Year's. Uh, hopefully 2017 is a, is a 
hopefully it's a better year and there's less people under the ground. <laughs> oh, you decided to join the show? We've got to have something to complain thanks, about. Thanks for joining the show. Yeah. Hey, you're 36. Hey, hey everybody. Uh, Wes just joined the show. He's the host of uh, Sasquatch Chronicles. Uh, he's an important uh, part of the uh, Renegade podcast, and he just joined the, joined the show, I guess, tonight. Yeah, your 30-second breaks aren't long enough to go take a pee. Oh, <laughs> he acts like it's the airport, you know? Like, you have to go through the airport, find a bathroom. It takes you, like, you know, 20 minutes, half hour to find a bathroom sometimes in the, air, sometimes in the airport. We're, we're in his house, and it's like, I don't know, 50 feet away. And he's like, oh, man, I got to go to the bathroom. Okay. It's 50 feet away. Next topic. <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyways, uh, you guys, you know what? Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's to everybody out there. If, if this year was bad for you, maybe next year will be better. And chin right. up, try harder. I'm just giving you a hard time, man. Don't be mad at me. Wes, Don't be mad. Wes, I think Wes is actually mad at me. No, I'm not mad at all. I'm not mad at all. No, I know my brother. He's a little bit. There's a little bit of madness there. I really had to pee, man. Yeah, I, I couldn't make it pee. back fast enough. Yeah, screw you, Woody. That's what he said. <laughs> uh, anyways, hey guys, I don't have a whole lot. Did left. I miss something important? No, no. We're gonna we're gonna kick Duke <laughs> off. Uh, he was he was leaving off on some. Uh, what was it Antarctica? Duke? Is that what it was? Yeah, I came up with uh, some additional information on a from a completely different source that probably hadn't even heard about the news article that we talked about last time where I was mentioning uh, Carl Robert Dish just vanishing from an Antarctic substation uh, May 8th, 1965. And if you guys heard the last episode, you remember that uh, he was actually an ionospheric physicist investigating strange VLF radio noises, which is why it was at a separate building that had all the equipment set up to do that about a mile away from the base. And, you know, I didn't mention it last time. When he wandered off into nowhere, it was 45 below, and there was a 20 to 30 knot wind. So for this guy to just suddenly decide he's not going to take the tether line back to the base and walk off it in the opposite direction is absolutely insane. And then the fact that his tracks just dead-ended and he disappeared, even weirder. But here's some even weirder stuff. Recently, there's been all this kind of strange stuff going on with this Ark of Gabriel having been recovered from... Uh, underneath um, Saudi Arabia, shipped out via Russian military vessels to Antarctica, uh, met there by Patriarch uh, Cyril, who uh, then like put some kind of a blessing on it, and they hid it away somewhere. Okay, well, tied in with this whole account, there's some interesting information that they've been monitoring BLF radio waves coming from Antarctica going out into space, and they can't figure out what the source is. Now go back to 1965 when Carl wandered off the face of the earth and disappeared. What was he doing? Investigating VLF radio noises emanating from Antarctica, source unknown. I actually read all about that. There's So there's like three. So I do get to back up a little bit. So there's like three different types of radio bands that we currently use today. Mm-hmm. So you have UHF, VHF, uh, and what's the other one you just said? VLF. VLF. And so that's actually the, there's also ELF, but that's military only. And that's new broad. That's that's kind of a. It's something that we've actually picked up. We are currently they're currently researching that, right? Because there was some stuff that came in on that. On well, the, and on see, the that's field. the whole strange thing because this has been going on apparently for a long time. When Carl Robert Dish wandered right. away from his uh, 
radio noise building and disappeared. That's what he was doing at that right. building. He was monitoring VLF radio noises coming from Antarctica, source unknown, and trying to figure out what was making them, where they were coming from. Then the guy wanders off in a 20 to 30 knot wind, 45 and below, and vanishes off the earth. Yeah. Well, they, now you've got the same thing going on where they're getting these VLF radio noises coming from Antarctica going towards space, and they can't figure out where it's coming from or who's sending it. And, Duke, you said the Ark of what? The Ark of Michael? Ark, Ark of Gabriel. Uh, I'm not going to go into it on this show because it's too time-consuming, but there's a whole bunch of weird conspiracy theories just from the last year tied into this artifact, biblical artifact being found uh, in a dig in Saudi Arabia, being given to their enemies, the Russians, to get rid of and taken to Antarctica, uh, at which time that the, the fleet showed up there that supposedly was transporting it is the same time the Russian patriarch Cyril showed up there, mysteriously enough. Like they had to have him do some kind of a, you know, a religious, um, I don't know what. Like they claimed that he had a scroll that he had actually gotten from uh, the Pope because the Pope had uh, some old stuff in the Vatican archives that he didn't have access to. And that he met with the Pope, and interestingly enough, the first time in a thousand years that the Patriarch and the Pope have actually met was right before he took off and went down to Antarctica. So the rumor is that he got this parchment from the Vatican Library given to him by the Pope. He took it down there and used it, um, you know, intoned some uh, macabre uh, uh, ritual over it or whatever, and did something with this thing, and then they secreted it away down there for some reason. But at the same time, this is all happening. There's once again this weird VLF radio noise coming from Antarctica, and they're once again wondering where the hell it's coming from. I need to look up the Ark of uh, Gabriel. I'm not familiar with that. I know that if it's the same Ark as in the Bible, I don't think they described it as the Ark of Gabriel. No, it's not. This one is actually mentioned in the Quran as having been given to Muhammad um, into his uh, custody for safekeeping by the angel Gabriel, and that it was some sort of, uh, you know, similar to the Ark of Covenant, very dangerous, and you're not allowed to use this for anything, but you, it is your job to take care of it and keep it safe. And this supposedly is how it ended up under the, uh, the mosque uh, in Mecca, where they have their, their black box that they do the pilgrimages and march around. That's where this thing was buried, supposedly, underneath it. And the first time, supposedly, they tried to dig it up, um, it emitted like plasma arcs that killed the digging crew and knocked over one of the cranes and crushed like 110 people on the surface. Then the second time they tried to move it, there was even worse things that happened, and we, we haven't got any report from an eyewitness there to tell us one way or the other. But there was over 2,000 people trampled in a stampede. What the hell were they running away from? That's never happened. Never, ever, ever. This is a very holy place. Everybody's quiet, calm. Uh, you know, you're not running around raising hell. So, again, these two strange th things happen. And right after that, Russia, who is having a proxy war with Saudi Arabia right now over Syria, is contacted supposedly by Saudi Arabia saying, hey, um, get rid of this damn thing. And the ties with the Russian Orthodox Church and the Patriarchy and the old Islamic Empire go back a long way. So that might might have been... The reason they contacted them, like, hey, uh, you guys have some stake in this, know how to deal with this thing, get it the hell off our soil, we don't want it here. It makes you kind of wonder uh, what the what the type of knowledge that the Vatican actually has. It seems like they're very secretive about their knowledge. And if we could, I wish we could tap into their uh, 
their knowledge and their history and because there's a lot of like i don't know alien type of stuff there's a lot of uh there's a whole bunch of stuff that are tied to the Vatican. I wish I wish they'd just be right with there, us. Yeah, there's a lot of claims that they've got alien-related stuff, um, giant-related stuff, and that they're keeping all this stuff under wraps for, you know, whatever reason. Um, and then there's the, the current pope being a Jesuit and the Jesuit order being basically the order that goes around and, and gathers that stuff and suppresses it. <laughs> Supposedly uh, kind of even looks more weird and suspicious. But then, it, it, like I said, you've got... The current pope meeting with the patriarch of Russia for the first time in a thousand years, what, what just prompts that out of the blue? And yeah. also found out that uh, amongst the famous that we listed last time who have been recently to Antarctica, um, uh, Carlos, King Carlos of Spain has been there within the last few years. And also supposedly Bill Clinton's been there. Now that one's really hard to believe. It's been, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. They've been, yeah, there's, there's no strip clubs or anything in Antarctica that I know of. Why, why, <laughs> How how you could get Bill to show up there and look at uh, anything? Everybody send their hate mail to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have nothing to do with that. He's got a good point though. Yeah, it's he hard did. to argue what Duke just said. Uh, yeah, oh, that's why I said I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> well, he's good not point. he's good not throwing a fundraiser down there talking to penguins. Why would Bill even go there? I don't know. Anyway, switching gears. Switching gears. Uh, you guys check out this uh, first passenger drone that's available to people in the United States. You guys check this, check this thing out. It's actually it's a it's a it's a drone. It's a one person drone to where you get in. It does it runs off 106 kilowatts. I don't I don't know all the I, I have to break it all down into uh, English terms, and I didn't do that. But it does 100 kilometer uh, kilometers an hour. I don't know what that comes into mph, but uh, it does two hours of fly time. And what you do is you get in the thing. And it has this big huge touchscreen thing. Looks like a Garmin type. Uh, uh, touchscreen thing in, in a and it's actually a drone like it's enough room for your body to get into and it has four props on all four corners kind of like a square and it lifts off the ground and it flies around and they show it flying around on these uh and at the top of uh the buildings of like i don't know it would be new york or something i don't know exactly exactly where it's at but uh it's flying around and i don't know you know i mean at some point you need a pilot's license you would think for something like this it was pretty cool. I think it's it, weird I they're using the word drone to describe it because drone kind of means there's not a human in it. Well, that's the thing. You get in and you plug in the information on the. It looks like a uh, a dashboard, touchscreen dashboard on the on, you know in the front of a car or on the dashboard of a car. Punch in. It looks like a map, Garmin map type thing. Punch in your thing. Boom, thing takes off and away you go. Uh, and we've been talking about the Uber thing and and how they've been doing the autonomous cars. Well, now it's really kind of it's kind of changed the bar, man. We got something like this that actually takes flight up in the air, and it's almost like you can take a little siesta and maybe have a drink on the way. And <laughs> you're you're cruising in altitudes where we have planes, we have people like I don't know. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on up there. I don't know what, but I don't know. Yeah, it looks like a little plane. Like you get into a little plane and you fly around, and 100 kilometers per hour is about 62 miles an hour. That's pretty fast, really. For it's cruising, getting in a little. You know, yeah, it's ground speed, and without any obstacles, you go straight line to where you're going, basically, unless there's a flight path reason that you can't do it. Uh, would you two Nancys get in cool. that? That'd be cool. That's, no. you know, like George you Jetson. Hell no. You wouldn't get in that? Hell no. Would you get in that, Duke? Absolutely. Probably. Not. I mean, once that's... they have all the bugs worked out, it's more like, that's one of those things, when I was a kid, everybody was watching George Jetson going, I want my flying car. What the hell's my flying car? Give wow. me a flying car. Why wouldn't you get in it? Me? Yeah. Are you freaking kidding me I'd right now? I'd fly the crap out of that thing. 
You're I'd probably crash to within the first year. <laughs> You're nuts. No, I would not get in this thing. It goes to the top of the, sky, the skyscraper buildings, and in, in, it, it would be like flying in downtown Portland. At the top of one of the biggest, the Coin Six Tower, all that type of stuff down there in Portland. Oh, yeah. And you're up that high, just enough room to get up in the air, right. have something go wrong, crash, your life is over. I would rather get in a plane, jump out of the plane, 10, 000, whatever the feet is, I don't know, 10,000 feet, whatever it is, have a parachute and land safely. I would not get in this drone. Absolutely not. You would have to absolutely have me handcuffed and tied like a pig to get me in this drone. I would not do it. Careful what you wish for. Yeah, well, you might be able to make that happen. You better have a couple more buddies on your side because I know you alone will not do it. Maybe you and Duke together, but uh, I don't even think that. Uh, I would not do it. I'd fly. The you know, I saw something uh, similar to that. Wes would be out. Wes would be out on Sasquatch Chronicles, being like, "Here's Bigfoot." He'd be oh, all over. Yeah. I'd be like, "No, I'm on the ground. I'm boots on the ground, dude. I'm a real researcher. <laughs> That'd be great. I'm a real researcher. <laughs> a real researcher. Yeah." <laughs> Buzzing and scraping Bigfoot. Yeah, I could see that work out real good. Big old log would come flying up out of the canopy and take you out. That's how it would go down. Wes would have internet up there. He'd have a drink. <laughs> I'd be all over it. I'd man. be boots on the ground. Well, like so, I was going to say, I saw another thing on drones where this guy had, he wanted to make a drone that could, like, pull a human on a snowboard. So him and one of his buddies put together their own drone, oh, I saw and that. it's got like a tow rope on it. Now, supposedly it's a hoax. I don't know if it's if it's real or not, but it's like a brilliant idea. If they could actually make something like that, they'd sell the hell out of them. Whether it's real or not, I don't know, but it looks like it's real. And, uh, you know, just the idea of you could basically skateboard or snowboard from point A to point B, especially on more or less flat surfaces, and just have this thing dragging you along with a tow rope like a water skier. And, uh, you know, zero effort. You can get there fast, too. And you know we're falling behind on the world stage when they come out with the drone and they're like, yeah, it does 100 kilometers per hour. Yeah. What's that in miles <laughs> per hour? Everything's in kilometers. Yeah, everything's in kilometers. You know and we're falling behind. like the watt power. I didn't even understand all that. Like I have all the things, but I didn't want to transfer it all into English because, you know, I'm lazy. But I, Actually, that, that is English. Okay, I guess English was right. I guess into our math. <laughs> it yeah. probably is, yeah. I'm, I'm not big on the record. I'll stop right there. You got anything else you want to bring up? Um. Well, come on, soldier. I got some, I got one last thing for you guys. Uh, so Tesla, you guys are familiar with cars, Tesla. Yeah, I got three of them in the garage. Tesla. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Next year, Hummer. Uh, the autonomous cars. You know, they drive themselves. Well, apparently Tesla has a new thing out, and what it is is it's a glass solar roof that will soon be available. And what it is, it's they're actually, you know. Roof shingle, you know how roof shingles are uh, kind of rugged, I guess isn't the right word. But anyways, they've they've compromised this glass, the texture of the glass, that actually looks just like a roof. In fact, it actually looks better than like a ceramic roof or a high-end roof of some sort. And what it does, it actually uh, takes the solar, the solar power of the sun and it charges a battery, which you would have like installed in your garage or something like that, which makes you, gives you the ability to completely live off-grid, which is really cool. I think that's a that's a kind of a game-changer, right? I mean, if you can get off the, the here we have the PUD, Clark County PUD, uh, if you can get off the Bonneville power system in this area, that's great, man. You know, I mean, that's that's great, you know? And uh, I I'm surprised really the cool. government hasn't stepped in to I think shut, they will. shut that down. I think it will yeah. be shut down, but I don't know. 
uh, apparently what they're what they're saying is in within the next well I don't know. They said a year. Of course, the oil industry wants to shut it down. It's like the guy that came back from Iraq. Do you guys hear about the vet? He came back from Iraq. He set up solar solar panels all over his roof, and actually set up a system to collect rainwater and filter it into drinking water. and And he was completely off the grid. And the city came in and condemned the place. They're like, "You need to be hooked up to the water and power." Uh, and they completely condemned the place. And when you look at it online. You wouldn't think they'd condemn this place. It was actually a really nice yeah. place. Uh, it was just the fact that he wasn't connected to... Uh, yeah, he wasn't paying into their utilities. Right, exactly. Which is really funny because now that you say that, Wes, I, my life has been in construction. I've been in construction. I've been fault, or in fault, sorry, installed fiber optics for a long time in my life. And what I've seen, in, in fact, in Yamhill County, which is about 45 minutes away, or about an hour away from us in Yamhill County, uh, what they have is there's a number of homes that have gone off grid in that area. Like we're supplying them with fiber optics, uh, latest and the greatest of technology. And what they have in this, and it's, it's out in the country, man. This, this is out in the boonies. I mean, there was where you see deer walking across the road, elk at any given time of the day. There's several uh, homes in that area that have these solar roofs. I've actually seen them. I don't know if they're the Tesla roofs or if it's another company. Uh, and they actually have huge water uh i don't know water stations that are up on the back side of their house up on the hill and you can see the lines coming down and uh the yamhill county hasn't shut them down but they're out there a lot they're actually policing the whole area as far as the water content and they're kind of giving these homeowners kind of a hard time because i've talked to them by installing fiber to their house but you know that's that's kind of the next man that's another that's another step that we're going and not only with robotics we talked about the the robotic chef on the You're last show in love with one yeah I think her name's Rosa. <laughs> How could you not? It cooks for you. Uh, but we talked about the robotic chef. Now, now we're talking about flight. and uh, Makes you wonder about Tesla. Like, they make awesome cars. At what point did their marketing department go, hey, let's let's get into roofing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no one stopped them. It was like, roofing. We, we build cars. You know what I mean? We... Yeah, that's, that's definitely a kind of a sideways jump. They're going to start sure. making microwaves next. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but there's a company out there that's actually already pretty much perfected and is getting ready to put out, or may already be putting out, um, solar um, shingles for your roof. You can basically, yeah, they look like shingles. They have about the same kind of defensive value, but they're actually solar collectors too, so cover your roof with them. Now, this guy's getting help because he's in the city limits. If he was outside of it, it would probably be a little bit different story. Yeah, that was the same thing. That's the same thing with the Tesla, man. It's it's actual glass roofing shingles that are textured. Yep. In other words, they're basically to glass, uh, roughed up the outsides. Uh, they dyed the glass to make it look like uh, a shingle. And that's what you see. And they're actually stronger than ceramic, and they're stronger than the original shingle. And the thing about it is that within the next year, these things are going to become available and it's going to be comparable to the cost of a of a generic roof today. You know, uh, let's say the house I live in today, it costs ten thousand dollars for a roof. Well, maybe next year I'll 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 wait the ten thousand dollars out and I'll buy the Tesla roof. Now, the only part that actually costs money to where you get into the into the dirty part of it is is the uh, battery that you have to. That these cells all combine, they store all their energy in. I guess that's the costly part, and I don't really know what that cost. Uh, and they probably left that out for a reason. <laughs> but yeah. uh, 
uh, you know, it, it's a cool idea if you have if you have a lot of money and you're completely off grid and, and that's and that's your lifestyle. This this is something that would be uh, this would be great, man. Can you imagine even even if it was a small shack in your hunting area, to where you're hunting off grid, and you had power and you can run everything to heat your water and everything inside the, uh, a little tiny home. This this is this is genius, you know. I got a win-win story for you guys about that one where um, south um, western Minnesota, it's all flat, it's all farmers' fields. There really aren't towns there. Um, they have to pay through the you-know-what to get electric way the hell out there where they are. Um, <clears throat> so they decided at some point, five of them teamed up and went, well, let's buy one of these great big uh, giant windmills that they got out now, the airplane fuselage type thing, and uh, we'll just generate all of our electricity for our, our little farms that we need and see how much we can get out of this one thing. Well, not only did that work out, but then they ended up investing in buying more of them. To today, there's hundreds of them in that area. And these farmers are all still on the grid. They're selling electricity back to the power plant because they're generating more than they need. That's exactly right. And it's funny, Duke, as you brought that up, is because we actually, uh, I work part-time down, or as a casual down at the port of Vancouver, and uh, we have those things coming in on the ships all the time. And mm-hmm. that's part of the thing is they go and install these things on, on farmers' Uh, property and what they do is they generate first of all they buy a spot on the property to put it on there and then the and then they install the the windmill and these windmills they're not small by any means no these things are gigantic i mean they come they come on explain to people how big the props are on these things oh they're huge trust me they're like 200 feet long i i i drag them across the yard all the time on trucks they're they're about 200 feet long just for the props uh, and then you have the towers. You then come in three pieces. They come in the top piece, the middle piece, and then they come in the piece that goes on the bottom. Well, these things, and they're actually in diameter. They're about fifteen feet tall, I would say, probably on average in diameter. Because they're different sizes because it cones down from the top. The top is the smallest, and it goes to the base, which is the biggest. But on average, they're about fifteen feet in diameter. These things, and they're super heavy, and they're super strong. And what they do is they install these on these farmers' property. Buy a, buy a plot and uh, work out a deal with them. Well, then the, the farmers actually sell back to the power company the amount of power that it produces. And I'm not sure if their home is included in that power or not because I haven't been in the installation part of it, just the transfer part of it. But it's a huge, huge business. And it was kind of funny in 2016. And it actually, in 2015, it was huge. 2014, 13, 14, 15, it was huge. Uh, while Obama was in, in 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 the presidency, and on his on his way out, it was funny because in the later part of fifteen, all of sixteen, we only had a couple ships, and it was completely cut back. Uh, I think the expense was cut, and it's no longer. We haven't had any since I would say probably the later part of twenty fifteen. We might have had a couple ships in twenty sixteen in the in the beginning year of it, but uh, it's something that has died off, and it was part of the Obama plan. Uh, good or not, I don't know. Still, still a way for farmers to make money, you know, and and they did, and they did make money, and they're and they're still making money today. You drive up I eighty four, headed east out of our out of Vancouver, Washington, or Portland, Oregon, and you see them all the way up, all the way up through the Dallas. I mean, they're they're everywhere, everywhere to be. So, uh, it was a huge money making thing, and I, I, I think I think eventually we'll probably see more down the road. I don't know. We're going through uh, one of the freeways in southern Minnesota, again, deserted, flat in every direction. And you could see a long distance. And I remember within five minutes, I counted like over 120 of these damn things. 
Yeah, and it's a lot of work yeah. to actually put those in. It's not just a. It's not. It's not like. And they're hugely expensive too. I mean, you're not going to be putting in a pile of those unless you're making a lot of money on them. No, they're 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 tons of money. Tons of money. I just think it's really interesting that these guys banded together and started doing this. From what I heard, uh, some of them are producing like five or six times as much electricity as they actually need. So they're not paying anything. They're getting money back. Yeah, it takes a it takes a while to get that money back because they actually are so expensive. But between uh, the make, setup, getting them dialed in, uh, you know, it's it's probably a little while before you get the money back. But it's it's definitely a good investment, I would say, for a lot of these people. It, it turned people that know that owned uh, property probably into serious cash, uh, serious cash for them. I would say. Yeah, it's like they're farming the wind in addition to the land underneath the windmills that they're also farming. And I'm all for it. I'm all for, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm all for stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not an Obama supporter by any means, but, uh, you know, if we can go green and do stuff like that, you know, so be it. I think it's good for oh, the yeah. environment. The more that we can get away from fossil fuels, the, the better I like it, brother. I'm totally behind that. And we've got the technology. There's no reason we should be wasting time burning coal and oil anymore. That's Let's funny. start converting over to clean technology. That's funny you brought that up. We actually had a coal train uh, disrail today in Vancouver. Did you see that, Wes? No way. That never happens. Coal is clean and safe. Yeah, it was like 16 cars or something. I don't know. I I shouldn't be saying, talking about it if I don't know, but it was like 16 cars derailed coal all over the – it looked like it was right off Highway 14, I would say, across from the Coleman River. Uh, I think it was going to be between Camas and Washougal, somewhere in there, if I was to guess. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, that, at least that's something you can pick up again, minus the dust that it's going to leave. Well, and well, the whole thing is, is here in Vancouver, the biggest thing, the next thing come is oil. You know, I mean, are we going to have oil on trains? And that's and that's that's the big no no that a lot of people don't want. I mean, even a lot of the longshoremen don't want that. Uh, that was an ongoing thing here for a long time because we do have coal coal mining going on here in uh, Montana, and just the coal trains going through the towns on the train track causing a mess. I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know if I'd want that in my area either. But, you know, it's one of those things that we still kind of have to have today. So, you know, I kind of got to bite the bullet, I guess. I don't know. Well, hey, you know, I want to say Happy New Year's to you guys. Uh, thanks for being here again, Wes. I can always count on you and Duke. And, Duke, thanks again for being here. It's always great to have you guys on the show. I I definitely couldn't do that. With, I couldn't do it without either one of you guys. Uh, that's, that's for sure. I want to say Happy New Year's. I hope it's a better year. 2017, hopefully we have less people that are uh, six feet under this year. Have a good night. Always fun being with the show. Have a good night, everybody, and and uh, God bless and Happy New Year's.